Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change with your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah, look at that. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. It's Monday, February 27th, and today is Insomnia Awareness Day, National Retro Day, National Polar Bear Day. Shout out to all the Coke commercials and National Strawberry Day and National Kahlua Day for all of our favorite lushes out there. Thank you all for getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can use that fancy little QR code up in the top left-hand corner of your screen to find everywhere that we live live on the Internet. And we're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube and audio only on Clubhouse. And if you are joining us in Clubhouse, you can also participate in the show by raising your hand if you have a brief comment on the story most recently presented but coming up first we have the dope dad himself that's right rico lamit who has been out in the hood freezing his ass off because it has been raining and snowing and all kinds of other crazy global warming causes even though it's freezing balls in los angeles that's right is the dope dad himself rico lamit uh jason know that global warming does not exist you know it's a chinese hoax it's just supposed to get us all scared and all that stuff but um i digress as well sorry so my story today is coming out of new york city it's from prism by um, alexandra martinez a new york city cannabis community space is harming workers and black-led businesses All right, so back in May 2021, Danielle Cruz was convinced well-known New York cannabis brand and event producer Medley was a LGBTQIA plus and brown-led cannabis company based on their marketing and website. Despite lacking a license to sell, she joined what she thought to be a progressive and BIPOC-friendly company. But after four months of packaging, prepping, and delivering orders for them, Cruz realized Medley's inclusive public image was faker than a jump man logo doing a finger roll and in an interview with prism she alleges that they engaged in harmful practices towards black brown and immigrant works Cruz says medley leadership told her that she'd have no space in the cannabis industry because she, all she wants to do is save the hood and she's only creative because she grew up in poverty actually Cruz did not grow up in poverty but medley leadership made the racist assumption because she's puerto rican and from the bronx 
The, canopy, uh, the company's website smartly no longer shows pricing info given the recent about face on prosecution practices by Mayor Eric Adams. But Cruz says that their delivery to the Bronx required a $300 minimum while Manhattan was just 100 She even went so far as to point out to management that delivery maps mirrored the city's redlining maps, deeming the Bronx a predominantly Latinx and Blacks borough too risky for their investment. Deeper into the article, Cruz says that the racism wasn't even her biggest concern. It was, the, it was Medley's lack of sanitation and standardization practices when handling products. They would be packaging cannabis in mushrooms in the same bowls without cleaning them. I'd be sitting in the room with them, and they would be creating new names for the strains. They would pass the bag around, and everybody would smell it and say, oh, what kind of strain do you think this is? This is all the things that she said. She shared a concern with one of the company's three founders and was told that her position is one of an Uber Eats driver for weed, and she should stay in her lane. Come September that le- uh, that year, she and other delivery drivers were ordered to unsafely deliver several pounds of glass jarred product on bicycles to a Met Gala after party, causing two co- co-workers to get into accidents where one got a broken arm and another damaged her bike so bad that Cruz had to go and pick her up and take her home. Then this February, Black Girl Smoke founder Vic Styles took Uh, her own grievances against Medley to IG Live, saying that she's experienced the company's bigoted practices firsthand. She accused them of threatening to copy BGS's acclaimed Puff in the Park event without credit after she refused to partner on Medley's clone. Styles said that she previously worked with the company on events but could no longer stay silent about their intolerant ways, alleging the group of only being interested in profiting off the proximity to black-led cannabis brands and gaining credibility in BIPOC markets. She claims on a call with Medley's team, they verbally attacked her ability to run a company, plan an event, and rally an audience, ultimately saying they'd host their copycat event anyways, even without her approval. Immediately, I understood what it meant to be a culture vulture, Style said in the, in the IG video. I don't know what, if anything, can be done in the first case, where Cruz was working for a well-known yet still a trap organization, and I'm not defending any of that in the least, but unfortunately, shit like that and far worse tends to go down behind the scenes at illegal shops. But the second story, as a former event producer myself, I know that one all too well because the same damn thing happened to me out here in L.A. Not before... Not long before the pandemic hit, I had a popular monthly CBD brunch series that had been running nearly two years. And after talking about it on a podcast with a prominent white-owned news publication, they copied my idea to a T on a much larger scale, uh, slightly changing the name after dodging multiple requests from myself and my sales team to collect on-promise sponsorship money. Needless to say, we ended settling uh, out of court thanks to me having all of our ducks in a row on the trademark end of the equation. Moral of the story, if you're trying to build something from the ground up, get a good trademark lawyer and protect your assets. As we wind down the final days of Black History Month in 2023, I got to say this year has been pretty quiet in the cannabis industry. Naturally, with more states moving towards legalization and decriminalization, we have more Black businesses and Black business owners in the space than ever before. But proportionately, ownership percentage is down less than 2% compared to about 4% three years ago. Is why I amplify and uplift as many black and brown companies I can when I know that the people running, when I actually do know the people that are running them, even if they're rocking with big box boof MSOs. Our options are way too limited than our white counterparts because economic racism is real. 
and continues to be as American and apple pie, as American as apple pie and chattel slavery, chattel slavery. Even with um, what little representation BIPOC entrepreneurs currently have in, in cannabis, culture vultures continue to make our lives a living hell, whether it's directly or not. This is why it's important to point out the bad actors, even if it means that we end up taking that L economically, unlike those choosing to keep their mouths shut and take the abuse. In the long run, it hurts us all. I hope Danielle, Cru uh, Danielle Cruz found a better company to work for that actually respects who she is and the company she represents and that Vic Styles and Black Girl Smoke continues to grow and thrive in the industry as they should. This is Rico Lamy, Dopest Dad on the Street. I'd like to hear from the rest of you guys. What do you think about this, Jason? So, so, so Rico, so this, this is a trap shop. And so why are we surprised that they're weighing mushrooms and weed in the same bowls? That was, a, that was an aside. That's what she said. She was more concerned about that than the racism that she was experiencing. She was more that. concerned about that. Yes. Sanitation issues over racism. Sanitation is what Let me tell you something. All you do is you just wipe it out, bro. It's a quick little little blow. Get it out of there. Boom. All the little little spores are gone. Yeah, it's not quite that easy, Jay. No. But <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Um, I can empathize firsthand with the She's saying that she's had of hers poached or taken. Um, I definitely resonated with the part of the article where she was talking about a, a act or activation, an event. I think it was a brunch or something that she's been putting on. Um, you know, the thing is, is that I think people think that ideas in this space are novel. Just because you've been the first to do them in your area doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be the only one, right? And right. Um, I think also, I mean, there's a lot of validity. Uh, first and foremost, if you don't like what's happening in a trap so shop situation, get yourself out of it. That game is. Why don't not you for find a real job? Right. With that situation, like, yeah. she should not have got hopped on when she did. It was, it was, right. it was the equivalent of getting a job at, at, at during the 215 era, right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, that it, one and is the, what it is. Fifteen era, and it was really mostly just about saving. There was not a whole lot right. of people really worried about, you know, cleanliness. I'm not saying no one was. There was I'll, a lot of people definitely worried we, about we, that. We, we talk about the, the pre rolls. I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell yeah, you this much, Rico. Since she, since she's a, such a whistleblower and whatnot, I'll tell you what, she wouldn't have got too far if she was a trimmer up on the hill. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree Some with that. But, uh, but if, you, if you read, if you read the article, there's, there's certain things that were said about people in the Bronx, about her being, um, about them not even wanting to serve uh, black or brown folks. It's like that kind of shit is uncalled for. And Are, it's, it, what, you know, was, was it specifically about about a certain class of people or was it yes. saying um, in, in yes. regards to like certain neighborhoods? Yes. Yes to both specific people. Yeah. Was it specific, specific classes of people or was it specific people? Because saying you don't want to serve so and so is different than saying I don't want to serve those people over there. Black and those were that's what we call Jason microaggressions. When you say something without saying it. Well, no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying I can say very, very deep. I can man. say I don't want to serve Joe you, Blow because I don't like how he acts. It's not because when you're saying of, that of his race or anything else like that. that. When you're saying that about an employer, uh, I mean, to an employee, and you know that they live in a certain area. It gets to you. 
and you're like, okay, well, I got a job and I'm really trying to move forward in the industry. And you can say, you can, you can say all you want about like, okay, she can go get another job. It's not that fucking easy, man. When you're black or brown, are you, are you, are, hold on a second though, but we're, it's we're not. Talk, we're, we're, this isn't even a real job. Is it? No, it's not. It's not. It's she not. Getting, like, working it's not, in it's an not a real job. Circumstance is definitely not a real job. And I mean, maybe, you know, there's plenty the company, of well, it's, it's a real it's a real company. It's here's the thing. It's a real How's company. How's it a real company without a real license? They don't have a license to do what they were doing. They exactly. Have a, they, so they're they not have a real a, company as a guys as in as an events company. No, what, what it is else. is their money yeah. laundering is what that is. Pretty much. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to listen to someone complain about a circumstance that's not legal in the first place. I mean, exactly. What do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Find a legal job and then yeah. go complain. Yeah. yeah. And, well, here, here's the thing. They are legally a events company in sure. New York. Well, then if they're a legal and, and events so, company, so, so legally, then, so then they shouldn't be selling any product. They were legally they be paying her. They were doing illegal business. They were doing illegal gray area business. Right? It's, yeah. It doesn't sound mm. like gray area mm. for that business. Type. Rico, there's no gray area. This is not state versus Fed. This is... Okay, if if none of this, if if none of these racial microaggressions and shit were going on during two fifteen, I run a trap shop and I'm looking for an eight. Or if they were going on two fifteen, would you would you say it was a problem? Microaggressions. Yeah, you don't understand what microaggressions are, do you? No, I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. I understand what microaggressions are, but I know what micro machines are. So, so if somebody keeps on yeah, making, if somebody in a place of power, especially, sure. is making yeah. little little jokes, little 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 nips at you, like all the fucking time that you don't have to fucking deal with right. as a white person, right? That shit gets to you to the point I where people it. flip the fuck out. I understand, but and right. I think that I think that and my it, internet, you know, had a little glitch there when I was saying this is not a gray area, Rico. This is not Fed versus state. And yeah. this is gray area of legality. It's a trap shop. Exactly. I mean, if the chick wants an HR representative and she wants the EEOC to get involved, then work for a licensed company. I agree yep. with that. I, like I, that, then that's why I said at the end, I'm not sure anything can really be done in her case. Nothing can be done. Nothing. Nothing. In, in she, the, needs the, cry, the, she needs to go cry. She needs to go cry up a river. Case. In, the, in the other case with uh, Vic Styles, the one from uh, Black Girl Smoke. If she doesn't get, she needs to make sure that she has her, her, her trademark shit together. Then she'll have a case against them for trying to steal it. But if more it's and more people like, are coming out, what's that? It's, stop it's just it. hard to take anybody seriously. Please, please stop it. I want a fucking case like that. Working in a situation that's you know semi legit, and right. they want to complain about, about the semi legitness to the media. I don't know. I can't take her seriously. Yeah, I can't take her seriously either. I can take her seriously because it's a prominent white operator in New York that people have been. It wasn't until the story came out, then everybody's piling on saying Kyle they've had the same thing happen. Hold on, hold on. I'm not talking about the first girl. I'm not. I'm not talking about the first girl. If you yeah. go on their shit, they've changed up all their shit, and you see everybody piling on and, and, and saying that they've had the same issues with them. This is why I said you need to call out bad actors like this. I have a question, Rico. They- Rico, I have a question. And I'm sorry yeah. I came into the discussion late. Is Medley good. licensed anywhere or they're just no, they're an, they're events, just an events. They're an okay. events company. Legally, an events company. 
It sounds and like it, they're they're an illegal events company to me. It, legally, they're an events company. And, they're they're um, an illegal events company that is working in is the that? illegal cannabis yeah, space. Exactly. They have an illegal delivery. They have an illegal delivery business. Is is what the first which woman is a is majority, playing. I bet, of their revenue, right? And then then the events that they have are all trap shops, a uh, trap events where it's all Ill illicit sales. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, that. exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go run a commercial on that one. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before before we run that fucking commercial, like, like nobody fucking agrees that a bad actor like this should be fucking called out. If they're if they're saying and doing fucking racist shit, and a bunch of people in the New York cannabis community are calling them out for it. Nobody here agrees with that. That that should. I have no problem. I have zero zero problem, Rico. Zero problem with them being called out, and you know people rising up and not wanting to buy their product. Zero problem with that. If they're le looking for actual legal repercussions from this behavior, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah, let's. Like I said, it's a let's, trap let's shop. Exactly, it's I a trap no, shop, I, Rico. Stop it. I have, All of them are trap shops. It's a trap shop. Let's let's go I, commercial. Yeah. I have no All problem the with the community d deciding they don't want to use this product. No problem with yeah. that. I'm good with that too. But let the community easy, decide easy. that. That's why I say call them out. At True Classic OG, we live by one motto: stay true. We stay true to our legacy cut of True OG. That's always fresh, piney, gassy, and delicious. We represent the spirit and hustle and diversity of our great city of angels. And we stay true to the spirit of this plant, doing everything in-house to ensure that you get the highest quality and consistency with every batch. And that's what made us LA's favorite OG. True classic OG. Stay true, Los Angeles. If you had a green smith Green street smoking the best weed in the world. You just might find him checking IDs at Matt Gates fundraisers. Up next, you know who it is? The cannabis <laughs> industry's longest continuously operating retailer and the highest Republican in the room, Jason Pack. Oh, yeah. Good morning, Rico. Hope everyone had a great weekend. They got some rest. Maybe probably froze their ass off if they're out here on the West Coast. And that's why people should just move to Florida. But I'm going to tell you what, you guys. There's a big problem going on in Pennsylvania, and I can't wait to hear what Gretchen has to say about this because fentanyl heroin was found in THC gummies and a district attorney in Pennsylvania is warning. That's right. Officials are warning the community about illegal drugs that were found in THC gummies being sold at three locations in Montgomery County. District Attorney Kevin Steele was joined by police chiefs from several departments on Friday to announce the discovery. Steele said both fentanyl and heroin were found in strictly Delta gummies called Delta 8 THC 600 milligram Happy Cubes sold at three tobacco hut stores in the county. The gummies have caused two overdoses, Steele said. Both victims have recovered, and the DA said the overdoses led to an investigation, and undercover detectives found two flavors of Delta 8 THC 600 milligram happy cubes, juicy pineapple and blueberry lemonade were laced with illegal drugs. A search warrant was executed on Thursday night in a quote. We don't yet know whether other items from the stores contain deadly drugs. 
testing is going on and we also don't know if it's if it is a widespread issue but we are working with law enforcement at the local and state level and as well as federal levels to ascertain that Steele said Steele also had a warning about herb extracts u-r-b-e-x-t-r-a-x and packwoods coned both of which are allegedly containing fentanyl. The DA's office said the Tobacco Hut locations involved were located at 1080 Bethlehem Pike in, in Hatfield, 728 Bethlehem Pike in Montgomeryville, and 1740 DeKalb Pike in Whitpain Township. Employees at the Whitpain location tell Action News they had no idea they were selling products with illegal drugs. Many of their shelves were empty on Friday. When asked if they knew that the store was selling products laced with fentanyl, an employee Amid Algadi said, no, nobody knows that. And in a quote, we wouldn't have carried it our, at our stores if we had known that said Ibrahim Alimadi, another employee. And in a statement, the company says, Tobacco Hut was unknowingly the recipient of inventory that contained illegal ingredients contrary to representations from the product supplier. We have removed these brands from all Tobacco Hut locations. For each of our 22 years in business, the company has prided itself in providing only the highest quality products to its customers and has maintained a zero-tolerance policy for products that are misrepresented. We continue to work with law enforcement to ensure they have every necessary to resolve this matter, and anyone who purchased these items in Montgomery County and still has them in their possession is warned not to eat them. Instead, you are asked to contact the Montgomery County Detectives Bureau at 610-278-3368 or call their police department to turn them over for testing. Well, I'll tell you what, these are Delta 8 gummies. These are not regulated cannabis products. These are unregulated hemp-derived boof products. And I'm just going to digress from there and see what you guys have to say about these Delta 8 fentanyl gummies. That's right, and this is Jason Beck reporting for the High at 9 News. What do y'all got to say? It's a real company, too. Like, looking at this, yeah. man. It seems so fishy like, to yeah. me. This so fishy. I, th I thought it did at first, and shit, like they're 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 distributed in a, bu a bunch of fucking states too. Yeah, hold on. This Did you be, see? This, this could be just how the beginning. Many, or exactly. How many, how many locations was, were these samples pulled from? Just one. Three. 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 Yeah. Yes. And did they has that like triggered a you know? Uh, oh my gosh, I can't even think of the name of it. What's the <laughs> I can't even think of the thing that the judge has to sign for you to go in and like investigate inside. What a search warrant! <laughs> what you. a search warrant! <laughs> yeah, they should raid their facilities I'm if they haven't already. Their, Jason, their, their, it, their website is down, but their their social media is still up. Jason, what, does it what's say what's going on on the social media page? Any traction? Anything about this? There's a bunch of people. There's a bunch of people ripping them on their post. Their last post was 30 weeks ago, though. I just I want I wonder if the the, if they had like a disgruntled employee that just threw it in a few different packs. It's, it's only, it says it says it's only in two flavors. What do you have to say, Gretchen? I said, does it say what the company is, or are they suggesting that it's a tobacco hut product? No, no, no. This this is a, this is 
yeah, it's it's Delta Delta gummies or whatever. I get it, all. but does it say who the brand that makes them? Yes, strictly Delta Happy Cubes. Yeah, strictly Delta. That's the name Happy of the company. Yeah, Delta is the name of the company, and they're they're quite often found in Pennsylvania. Okay. Do you think it's your cross contamination, or are they are they pulling the test directly from the gummy itself? I mean, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of questions here. I'm yeah. I'm 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 willing to bet I'm willing to bet that there's a disgruntled worker in there that's pouring in this into into some of the in some into some of the mixes. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. And does anyone want to weigh in on what they believe the most common uh, method of ingesting fentanyl or heroin is? Smoking oral. Bam. Or <laughs> oral lollipops. Boofing it. Oh man, that was all bad. <laughs> well, what, what's the answer? What's the answer, Chris? I mean, I listen. I don't know what the answer is, but you're you're, you're law enforcement. We we look to law enforcement for these, and not not only that, oh you're also a trained oh, DRE. Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, in my experience, injecting um, heroin or fentanyl is extremely common, right? And if you look at just like San Francisco, so I, I haven't personally had a lot of experience work working around with, or speaking with, or engaging with folks that are uh, orally consuming it. So that's what that's the first thing that just kind of jumped out of the page to me is like in gummies. I don't know. It just I want to see where they tested individually or was it cross contamination? I, I think that that's a, a big sticking point. My, my gut reaction would be maybe it's cross contamination, but I don't obviously I don't know. They didn't. So, so, so you're saying that they didn't they didn't they didn't wipe out their bowls after weighing all the fentanyl and after they, they have, decide to weigh the gummies they wipe out the bowls, man. They may not have. <laughs> But at least we learned. But something. I mean, listen, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of details that we didn't talk about. Probably with a dirty cloth. And they said they're open they doses too, right? Individual, you know, are they testing independent products or just the products of the two, or the three individuals that they say were, you know, overdosed, right? Because th then there's a chain of custody custody issue, right? Like how how real is that sample test? And did the fentanyl heroin come from you know an independent gummy or one that was already in the possession of somebody who had overdosed? I mean, those are two very different things to me. Oh, very true. I mean, these people that you so what you're saying, uh, uh, Chris, is that the these people that overdosed on the fentanyl could have just had these gummies there and actually overdosed on fentanyl and it not even be related to the gummies. And it could have or cross contamination fentanyl into the, you know, maybe maybe all of the drugs were, you know, in one area. I don't know because the article doesn't say, but that's what that's what I'm saying. There's a lot we don't know. And there's a lot of questions I would have to feel but didn't like the article say that they were found at three different shops no and the gummy the store. gummies the, the the gummies were the gummies were sold at three different stores gretchen i but think they didn't I, right. my question they is were they three it. contaminated gummies sold at three and that and, th and that's what then that's what chris is saying is is chris is saying that we don't know the origin of the contaminant There's as far as 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 it in is it in more and more uh products with that are these skews or is, is it just a cross-contamination from the people that overdosed because they had fentanyl around them? Yeah, I think Gretchen and I have the same question. I, I yeah. asked it really poorly. but It's all right. That, that's what DRE, DREs are known for asking questions <laughs> poorly. Was there a mass recall? Like, did all of these SKUs get recalled and tested? I have I have not seen a mass recall. Although the sheriff's although the sheriff's department is asking if you have any of these gummies to call them, or to send them to the police to get tested. And what but I'm I'm, I'm confused. How come the law enforcement isn't isn't offering them a, a, a rebate for their purchase if they're bringing in these gummies to give them to them to test? 
and listen, they should also, in my opinion, they should really get out in front of this and say like, no questions asked. Like if, if we're really concerned about the community here, let's be concerned about the community and, and put that first and put people's fears of coming forward to law enforcement, you know, at ease. Right. I mean, do you think any of these hemp Delta eight companies are really concerned with that? Do you think, think any of them honestly care about the public's good? I mean, yeah. I meant law enforcement when they said bring it in or or call us like they need to get out and just say, hey, like, here's a drop off area. No questions asked. Put a civilian there. No law enforcement. Something like oh, that. Oh, you see, you're, you're advocating for the drop boxes like at the airport on huh? the amnesty boxes. I'm, I'm saying if it's a real concern for community safety, absolutely. They should get ahead of it because, you know, obviously, listen, we all know that even a lot of people just don't want to have to deal with law enforcement. They feel like it might be some sort of, you know. Uh, a catch twenty two, so, exactly. Mm -hmm. So let's let's be concerned about what's going on with this particular topic, and 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 uh, also I think there needs to be more data about the testing because this yeah. this article. I mean, well, I know you the article have the, the article says that the testing is ongoing, um, uh, Chris. So I think we just have to wait and see. They say they're pulling yes. products and whatever. And, and, we'll and from the information given, it it shows that it was isolated to these uh, the three dispense uh, the, the three tobacco shops in this one chain too so that's kind of uh, that's kind of sketchy too. well that, that, that that's the only place that they found them at i mean the, the, these gummies could be sold at, at valero you know what i mean just around the corner you know you don't know that but nonetheless we got to keep it we got to keep it moving we're, we're already behind behind schedule but coming up next she's a political strategist by day and a baker by night that's right. She's the founder of Panoptic Strategies and knows how to make the sausage on Capitol Hill. And then she dresses up her dogs in her favorite apron and Halloween costumes. That's right. It is Gretchen <laughs> Gailey. I'll have you know, I do not put my dogs in Halloween costumes. That would just Bullshit. be ridiculous. No, I swear to God. No, no Halloween. That's not, just that's not what we've heard. That's not what we've pajamas heard. Pajamas to keep them warm when it gets chilly. We that's have all. pictures. Of Halloween? Sweaters yeah. don't count. Yeah. Halloween sweaters yeah. do not count. That's They're not a costume. Hot. Just saying. Anyway, regardless. Halloween on the dark web. Uh, that's a sigh for you. Federal agency, federal health agency issues CBD warning while noting dispensary products may be safer than those purchased elsewhere. This is coming from Marijuana Moment. A federal health agency has published a new advisory on what it warns are the potential harms, side effects, and unknowns of CBD as more Americans use the popular cannabinoid. At the same time, the government body is also implying that products purchased from state legal marijuana dispensaries may be safer than those found at gas stations or other retailers. CBD has appeared on store shelves across the country following Congress's legalization of hemp in the 2018 Farm Bill and the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, uh, otherwise known as SAMHSA, advisory notes that the popularity of CBD products continues to grow. It points to an array of form factors, including CBD-infused topicals, fabric, food, and beverages now on the market at an estimated 270,000 retailers nationwide. It is critical that the general public be made aware of the potential harms associated with CBD use. The agency said in an announcement about the advisory on Thursday. And parents in particular should be advised not to let their children use non-FDA approved CBD products. As many as one in three Americans reported using CBD products in 2020, the report says, citing a survey conducted by the Prescription Discount Plan Single Care. 
Given the widespread use, the agency warns the public should be aware of the misconceptions surrounding CBD products, as well as the potential harms and risks associated with their use. The brief advisory is not intended to be a comprehensive evaluation of CBD or its medical potential, with Samsung saying it focuses on the risk and harms of CBD, especially those sold over the counter. Many of the dangers identified in the report, such as a lack of safety standards, poor accuracy in labeling, and inconsistent quality control, result from the federally unregulated status of CBD products. For instance, the SAMHSA advisory says that CBD concentrations may be more or less than advertised, and because of a lack of quality control, the manufacturing process may introduce harmful biological and chemical contaminants, including the psychoactive THC. The lack of safety standards, accuracy in labeling, and quality control, the report continues, may lead to additional concerns for unintended intoxication, particularly among children. Well, I appreciate SAMHSA finally saying something. It would be nice if they said something to the damn FDA and told them to get off their asses and actually regulate CBD. This is Gretchen for Hyatt 9 News. All right, I Gretchen. Mean, yeah, right. get them, get them, get them. <laughs> I mean, I, I, don't know what, I don't know how many more times I can say it. FDA needs to care. They need to do their damn jobs. They need to figure out another pathway for CBD, for hemp, for whatever they want. But they got to come up with something. And to say to Congress, who knows nothing, that it's their job to figure it out, is just bullshit. Maybe there CBD shouldn't be a pathway. More money to pay FDA and Straight get it approved like everybody else does. I mean, I do I do think um, that, that it is good that they are coming out and saying this because we have known for a long time and always told you people, think we need hey, to go into those shops this. are selling nothing but snake oil. Would you Gretchen call CBD back. oil snake oil? What? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hemp hemp derived CBD is snake oil. Yes, I wouldn't I said, go that Hundred percent. It it's snake oil. It's snake oil. Hundred percent snake oil. Hundred percent. Nope. I'm not gonna say nope. that there's no efficacy nope. to it, nope. but it's definitely not nearly as effective as a full spectrum extract would be. CBD. Exactly. From- and I'm not saying that it is, but I would love for you to ask Dr. Felicia or Dr. Talleyrand if they think it's all snake oil. I will That's ask them. I have no problem asking that. He said no. He what? said it's not snake oil. Yeah. It's, it's not, not snake oil. They've it absolutely is. said it's CBD is a molecule. CBD is a molecule yeah. and, and regardless of the source, once it's uh, pure CBD, it's the same. You can't tell what the actual original source is. I don't believe Thank that. You. I don't Same believe that all that, The cool thing about science, Jason, is it's not predicated on your belief. It's actually that. predicated on, but, on hundreds but it of years actually of is. experiments. It actually is predicated on the math and chemistry. No, sir. It, it is. What, it is. What I, I'm going to tell you why. Because of the placebo effect. No, Jason. You're No, no. That's like me saying, like, my, dog's, my dog is spotted, and so CBD doesn't work. It's apples and oranges. Um, if your dog is spotted, what, your what, dog is spotted. What I would suggest is that you go to Santa Monica College. They have one of the best curricula in the nation. You take a one chemistry class, take chemistry 101 for one semester, and then come back and let's have this discussion. Curricula? Oh. Yes, that's a word, Jason. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to send you I'm going to send you some intro to chemistry and uh, a couple of dictionary links. And, and we're going to really work on your on your intellectual edification, my friend. Mm-hmm, how come mm-hmm. how come the most degenerate drug soaked one of us seems to be the guy who's got the most command of both science and the English language? Something is drastically <laughs> oh, no. wrong here. Look at you. Oh, I, like your I like your new setup, too. There. Oh, yeah. Yes. Thanks, guys. Yes. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we got you a high chair. 
Oh, <laughs> dude, you're as short as me, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was good. Oh man, thank thank God, CBD is snake oil. Run that ad. <laughs> <laughs> with us rico it's muted there oh there we go the thoughts and opinions and shade thrown at high at nine news are those of individual speakers and not those of any other speaker or his followers the statements made do not constitute legal or accounting advice and our speakers make no representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country area territory or any of its authorities the views expressed in this room do not establish any fiduciary responsibility relationship our sponsors do not imply or constitute any endorsement by us or the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of any speaker on stage. If you are an easy, easily offended person, don't call Jason back. You want to grow some of the best weed in the world? Then you must start with the best genetics in the world. Go to www.dnagenetics.shop to order regular feminized or autoflower beans. All of your favorite DNA genetics cultivars such as Kosher Kush, Skywalker Kush, and oh yeah, Chocolate Truffle Shuffle. Boasting more cannabis awards for their award-winning genetics than any other company in the world. Remember to go to www.dnagenetics.sh to see why our terps don't lie. Oh, yeah, that's right. Coming up next, that's right. He's part of the Brotherhood of Eternal Love alongside the Hogwarts PhD in Trippin' Balls, and he also is a co-host of What's Good, the Cannabis Flower Hash and Review Show. He is been around for centuries and many, many moons. That's right, it is the immortal Count himself, Matthew St. Germain. Thanks, Brother Jason. Happy Monday, y'all. Despite being alive for millions of years, still haven't grown past five, six. Uh, so my, my story that's part, comes that's out- also part of the curse. <laughs> <laughs> my, my story comes out of Oklahoma. Medical marijuana farms in Oklahoma tied to sex trafficking, former GOP, GOP governor argues, and is against legalization. So Oklahoma's Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs reported Friday that the agency's investigation linked sex trafficking, prostitution, and drug trafficking to medical marijuana farms across the state. These illegal activities seem to be part of an Asian organized crime network, according to Fox 25. This organization provides criminal services for several medical marijuana farms in Oklahoma, see OBN spokesman Mark Woodward said, reported uh, KOCO out of Oklahoma City. Our investigation is an undercover evidence of sex trafficking linked to the recruitment of undocumented Asian females for the purpose of engaging in prostitution that caters to managers and administrators of numerous marijuana farms around the state. Obian's investigation found four to five ounces of ketamine discovered in four different houses that were used for prostitution, recovered around twenty dollars to $30,000, and arrested two men, Jian Lin and Jian Fo Zhao, on drug charges. We knew, we knew going back two years ago when we started seeing a lot of criminal organizations out of China, Mexico, Russia coming to Oklahoma, getting a license for the black market, I don't quite get that, that this was going to go far beyond just an illegal marijuana growing operation. With organized crime, it is all about making money, whether that's moving marijuana, people, weapons. It's far from over. Uh, 
This is not the first time illegal operations related to marijuana farms have made headlines. At the end of December, the agency estimated that Oklahoma has become the largest source of illegal marijuana in the country. It's not always clear what we should be looking for, said some random sheriff's deputy. And uh, in let's let's come down here to say that the agency is investigating this and has shut down over 800 medical marijuana farms tied to organized crime in Oklahoma, seized more than 600,000 pounds of illegal marijuana and made nearly 200 arrests. Many of the farms obtained their license by fraud. They grow for the freedom market and they launder the illicit proceeds worldwide. They have been linked to homicides, labor trafficking, sex trafficking, and other crimes. It's pretty horrible. Anyone with information about this is urged to call the OBN at 1-800-522-8031. Meanwhile, the conflict between both cannabis advocates and proponents is heating up as a special 11th nears on March 7th, when Oklahomans will vote yes or no on state question 820, deciding if Oklahoma will legalize recreational cannabis. Frank Keating, the GOP governor from 95 to 2003, uh, is an, uh, and the chairman of Protect Our Kids, an anti-cannabis organization, wrote in Tulsa, uh, that marijuana is bad for Oklahoma. He argues that the facts are clear that cannabis negatively affects families, communities, and the state. He states that high THC levels cause three in 10 users to develop cannabis use disorder, which could permanently lower users' IQ and exacerbate psychosis and schizophrenia. He further went on to claim that smoking marijuana causes black people to look white people in the eyes, and we can't have that in the South. Current Oklahoma governor, Kevin Stitt, also does not support state legal marijuana, but rather believes the matter should be left to the federal government. I believe the Fed need to make a decision about marijuana, he said per the Cannabis Business Times. Though against a state-by-state marijuana policy, Stitt did allow for a special, special election after the petitioner's failure last fall. Many Oklahomans are aware of the economic and social benefits of reform and are planning to vote yes, even if they are not cannabis users. Tina Jennings is one of them. The retired school teacher, mom, and grandmother explained in the Oklahoma why she intends to vote yes on Oklahoma State Question 820. To me and other parents, the legalization of recreational marijuana is not about drugs. It's about putting our state on sounder economic footing, making sensible laws that promote public safety and building a more just state, Jennings says. Uh, this is Matthew St. Germain for the Hyatt 9 News on Monday, and I'm looking forward to hearing y'all's comments. I mean, I, I personally I like what Justin had to say on here. He says, I love how it's a cannabis farm that also does sex trafficking, not they are sex trafficking and happen to grow weed as well. Yeah, and 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 the continued, you know, it, it's always making it about some sort of racist pejorative when it could just be about the issues at hand. And number one, the gov this this former governor guy saying we need to make it more illegal, but at the same time talking about the other side of his head about the illegality is what's causing the problem. And it's so clear that the more we move these things into legalization, the less organized crime can be involved because the risk right. reward scenario is lessened. And what we really need to do is move all these drugs toward legalization. And, 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 and work with testing so that we get the fentanyl out of any prepared products and so that we can protect the youth and especially protect women. Did you, did you say get all of the fentanyl out of cannabis products? Uh, out, of, out of prepared products, I mean uh, uh, you know, counterfeit pharmaceuticals, cannabis products, really anything. Got it. Okay. Just, better, yeah. just, just, just asking yeah. for clarity. I was, I was pretty confused right there. <laughs> you you pretty, really pretty got confused. me when you said that it causes yeah. – black people to make eye contact with white people you really got me so there. that was a that was a throwback to william randolph hearst and his yellow journalism of the early 1900s that caused uh, cannabis to become illegal that was one of the things that they literally would complain about was that it would cause black men to not respect white men on the street to look them in the eyes and to not move out of the way of them i was so, thinking of what right. you're putting down word rico hold on hold on was it was that actually in the article or was that just something you interjected i snuck it in there oh you snuck it in there okay all right <laughs> 
I was like, you slid it in it. Nice and cool, man. That was even little commentary. Just a little commentary. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. This is, I, mean, uh, I think somebody beat me to is it. Bad. Yeah, somebody beat me to it in, in the chat here. I was like, was this, was this uh, Sylvester Stallone's <laughs> operation? <laughs> Johnny Smash. Shout out to Johnny Smash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, sex trafficking is just overall bad. I hate I hate stories like this in, in regards, and anytime it comes into the cannabis space, I'm just like, oh, there's just a whole nother reason. I'm pretty sure we're going to see Laura Ingram talking about this tonight on Fox. Your girl. Your girl. Mm-hmm. Love to watch to see what she has to say. You always have to know what the enemy's saying. Otherwise, you'll never know what they're thinking. The enemy? How is Laura Ingram <laughs> the, the enemy to you? Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> What? What? I'm glad you there guys you, enjoyed that. They're your, they're your friends today, ain't I guess? I guess. Yeah. Let's keep it rocking here, huh? Yeah. Let's run, let's run this next commercial. He's a former NorCal cop that traded in his gun and a gun and badge for a blunt and a notepad. Now he's a security consultant at CC Security Solutions, and this fellow dope dad dedicates each and every day to improving your chances of survivability. Up next, y'all know who it is, Chris Eggers. Rico, Rico my man, dopest dad on the street. Good to see you. Thanks for the intro. Hello. Happy Monday. My article. San Diego Union. The headline reads: Permitting process for marijuana retail in Encinitas in early stages. Of the very hold on, owners, Chris, uh, for cannabis retail to in the Chris. permits. So it's going to be a while before any shops open down this. Tony, status report at the end of last Wednesday city. Council meeting spells chatter in the community when the cannabis shops would Chris, start Chris, 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 Chris. Hold on, we're gonna need. Yeah, we're gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna go over to to Mandy real quick, um, and we're gonna come back. We're gonna come back to uh, to come back to Chris. Yeah, we're, he needs he's gonna need to come into the clubhouse. Uh, Give me get room. the intro. You got her. Yeah, coming up next, it's is Mandy Tingler. That's right. She's a an executive in cannabis with multiple businesses such as delivery, award shows for women, and showing people how being a mom and an executive lifestyle go hand in hand. That's right. It is Mandy Tingler. Good morning. Happy Monday, everybody. It is one week before I take off to Spain. I'm so excited. But while I'm here, I want to talk to you about what is going on up in Mendocino County. Today's article comes from the Ukiah Daily Journal. And the headline, happy 
and true. You by bureaucracy. Mendocino County's marijuana industry was started by the curious hippies with a tinge of the outlaw and grew and flourished through the years despite the real possibility of arrest, imprisonment, rip-offs, crop failures, and more. Mendo weed, Mendo weed thrives as no other marijuana brand in the United States. The benchmark, the best and most famous <clears throat> product of its time, comparing it to the finest champagnes from the most prestigious French vineyards is not unreasonable. Tales are told of growers without formal education, but willing to work hard hours and face daunting risks en route to becoming millionaires taxes on profits from their crops yet the flood of money generated by a legal prop pot propped up county and regional economies for many years growers drove ex expensive vehicles vacationed in hawaii and bought second honey we wanted times were good if you did not. but all along the way they mostly argued and lobbied for legalization so did a sizable percentage of the rest of us only if the, for the amount of money marijuana would fetch when taxed. Quote, same as cigarettes and booze ran the standard phrase and everyone would nod in agreement. Let the government take over and then stand back as the money rolled in and the county got rich. What could go wrong? Everything, as it turns out, everything the bozos in charge of Mendocino County did was wrong, stupid, expensive, or counterproductive. It's the most valuable commodity of its kind was gift-wrapped and handed over to county supervisors who then bungled their prize recklessly, repeatedly, and irretrievably. A story by Lester Black on a recent San Francisco Gate online news site reveals disturbing, hard-to-believe facts. One, six years after marijuana was barely 1% of Mendocino County pot growers, 12 out of exactly 832 applicants have been granted permits to cultivate marijuana in Humboldt County's rate is 63%. The California Department of Cannabis Control says our approval rate is among the very lowest in the state and the county's marijuana industry is of irreversible failure due to negligence by county governments. A local cannabis alliance of weed growers says Mendocino County is a quote roadblock rather than a partner in the legalization process. The director of our county cannabis department Kristen Nebdal offers offers precise remedy for government bureaucrat. She'll be, quote, she'll be hiring, quote, at least 16 new employees, then offered an unsolicited endorsement of herself and the fine job she's doing by stating, I do not believe my department is mismanaged. She says she is an amazing, has an amazing and dedicated staff, leaving us to recognize a useless, incompetent staff. It's hard to overstate what a colossal mess the county has made of things. They've taken the finest product in the land that it's, and made it unavailable to its consumers. They've alienated our best marijuana cultivators, thrown them out of work, and those growers are now broke and moving to Humboldt County. They cheated the taxpayers by spending millions and millions of dollars on highly paid administrators, their costly consultants, and assistants without returning a nickel profit to the Treasury. That's what citizens have gotten from extremely well-compromised county administrators and department heads from elected officials who confidently tell voters at election time that they'll work hard to solve problems, make the tough decisions, and the way. Rather than creating revenue, they've started of costing applicants their title.
the revolving of workers and administrators in a bureaucratic rewarded zero applicants years ago, it would not have gone worse. What's funny is that instead of doing conscientious work and performing their jobs well, our incompetent, carefree county employees are the ones driving expensive vehicles vacationing in Hawaii and with their outlandish lifetime pensions retiring wherever the hell they want. Now, guys, this is obviously a pretty strong opinion article, but what's going on up in Ukiah is incredibly painful to watch. And anybody who's experiencing what's happening in Mendocino over the last several years has a lot to say about this. So I'm very curious to say what my fellow correspondents are thinking when they're watching what's happening in Mendocino. Mendo's just made it impossible for anyone to get a license, starting with they make, unlike other counties, they make the farmer themselves get the environmental impact report, which can run, depending on your property, it can run anywhere from, uh, you know, 10, 20,000 upwards of six figures. You would think you would think that uh, all all the cultivators up there wouldn't just all pull together someone to get a big bulk discount for the whole county. I've been telling them that since 2008. I was I was hipping my friends to the Dutch tulip market and how mm-hmm. the Dutch tulip cartel set prices for flowers. But the problem is that most growers are kind of iconoclastic and not really team players, and that's a big reason why a lot of them are actually in the hills growing like like that. You know, because they just want their own freedom. They don't really want to form organizations or co-ops with other people. And then the the, the other thing, uh, Gavin Newsom. While he made it easy for Flo Khanna and these folks that have hundreds of millions of dollars and are funded by Big Tobacco and other large corporations to buy as many acres as they wanted, they put a, a co-op cap of four acres, meaning if, if a bunch of Mendo farmers tried to band together, they'd literally be capped at four acres, which doesn't even allow them you know, enough, uh, enough um, um, uh, territory to really form a good organization or, or, or be able to set prices. So really, Gavin Newsom, who's bought and funded by the Getty family and all these large corporations, made it so only large corporations can win in the state. I'm- Obviously, is, you know, an op-ed. It's definitely something where, you know, an opinion piece is being discussed. But frankly, I mean, you don't you live in Mendocino County? No, but I did. I did for years. We moved down to Sonoma in the Measure B year because the cops were taking everybody's kids and I don't want to say the rest of how that story goes on YouTube. Listen, um, I mean, hold on. Did you say that they talked to the lady that runs the department and she was like, oh, we're so efficient over here? Kristen Navdol, yeah, she actually has served on a number of pretty significant and powerful committees over the years. Um, I believe she was actually appointed to the initial advisory board when the uh, BCC was initially created um, and she is out of humble. Yeah. And, and she can't tell what the problems are within the system that need to be fixed. This is just ridiculous to me that well, she should even hold that different. position. I mean, Jason, remember, I covered the story like a week or two ago about how they were hoping to process like six licenses. Yeah. And didn't think that they were doing anything wrong. I mean, Mendocino is just completely screwed up. It's yeah. the government's fault and yeah. they all need to be hauled away. Well, the, the, and the other officials. thing about Mendo. So the other thing about Mendo is Mendo's really run by by wealthy families that live primarily a little bit in Ukiah and then on the coast. And it's split between the folks who originally had East Coast money and, and stole people's land and then the ranchers who murdered everybody, marched all the Native Americans to Covalo and stole their land. 
And and now that, you know, they've watched history with like 150 years or so of being up, you know, upstanding citizens, they want all these people out of Mendo. They never wanted the back to landers there. They never wanted the hippies there. They want no industry there. They want the prices to dump so that everything can return to hunting cabins. And basically the landed gentry of Mendocino can, t- can continue to run the county and do whatever they want. And that's something a lot of people don't talk about. Like, why does the county of Mendo do this? It's because they don't want you there. And because they have enough money that they don't need you there, they don't need tourist money. They don't care. As long as there's enough people to run the gas stations and the local taco bar and the grocery store, they don't give a shit about you and they want you out. Jason, or not Jason, I'm sorry, St. Germain. Yes, ma'am. Question for you. Yeah. But where is Mendo getting their money from if they have all this money? The landed gentry. There's. It's just like here in Petaluma. If you go to Petaluma, there's people who look like like total broke rednecks, trash all over their place, and they're worth like 20 to $50 million because of the amount of land they had. I rented from one of these cats. And the reason they got the land is because they came out here in the 1800s and they murdered the inhabitants and drove them off the land and stole it and began ranching. And that land was free and now is now worth millions upon millions of dollars. And so they just pull equity out whenever they need money. And they just pull equity out to survive. They run, you know, they run dairy ranches. Some of them at at, at either a, a loss or 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 kind of running in them at even. Thanks for the dairy. I love milk. But at the same time, they're 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 landed gentry. They're it's the same thing as it happened in England in the Middle Ages. How everybody became serfs is a coalition of folks just got together with violence and stole everything. And then what happens is. After a couple of generations, most people don't even know history and forget to look back at at what happened. Yep. Oh. Same thing in San Francisco. Oh why does why is San Francisco de- going down the tubes? Because Nancy Pelosi and Gavin Newsom and the Jake Paul Getty family and these people who have billions to trillions of dollars don't give a shit. They don't give a shit. They live up on on yeah. on Knob Knob Hill and Twin Peaks, and they do whatever they want. And none of that stuff that goes on in the mission, the tenderloin affects them in any way, shape or form because they never go there. So they don't care. They don't care because they will always own that city. That's right. And what are they? What are they? What are they? The landed gentry. I've been fighting them since at least the early thousands. The landed gentry. Those are Democrats. Just so you know. They're some good. are Democrats, some are Republicans. It's, yeah, it goes well beyond it goes well beyond yeah. any particular political party, and it's completely yeah. economic. We gotta we gotta get to we gotta get to Chris. Chris, are we gonna try this again? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Yep. There. Okay. Thanks, thanks uh, for the patience on that. So, down in Encinitas, they have four retail locations opening. Only one has started the paperwork. Really, what I wanted to direct um, and why I wanted to share this article is the last paragraph. I'm gonna read it right now. And I'm curious to hear from operators in the room. Um, The mayor said that he wants to make sure that certain people are not lining up outside of these shops waiting to get in. In other cities, that's become a problem because the potential customers are then approached by dealers of the black market products, according to this article, offering to sell them cheaper, unregulated products. This is according to the mayor of of Encinitas. Uh, That's really the, the reason why I shared this article about the four locations opening and the paperwork and only one being uh, in the process was I found that that last uh, paragraph to be very interesting. And I'm curious to hear from any operators um, that are joining us today if that's an issue at your locations. Um, so 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 let me let me make sure I understand the issue, Chris. Uh, yeah. You're saying you're saying that <clears throat> undesirable little uh, little trap stars auditioning for the All Star League are standing outside of legal stores yeah, selling cheaper weed to people. I'm not saying that that the mayor of Encinitas is saying it. I'm just repeating. Well, that 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 100 percent happens. That 100 percent <laughs> happens. That's 100 percent reality. Yes. So I, I'm just curious, how big of an issue is that 
um, for operators that are opening up these retail locations. It's it's not that big of an issue if you have an adequate security staff that actually can p- patrol mm. the grounds around your business. And if there's only four shops opening up in Encinitas, but only like one it has any paperwork in motion right now, could you say like the cops just put four cops out there to check the line? <laughs> put, check the no, the co- cops are expensive. Oh, cops are expensive. Yeah, co- cops are way too much. Anyway. Compared compared with compared with with the security guard, cops are way expensive compared to a security guard. I'm, I'm just yeah. saying, if, you, if 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 the mayor is so fucking uh, concerned about opening day for any of these shops, you got four cops on staff. Put one he on he, 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 I, I don't think I don't think he could do that. Why not? Uh, because yeah. it's taxpayer funds. There's not, there's not, there's not, there's not, it's, there's not a major, there's not a major, there's not a major threat to, uh, to, to, to the public safety of the community. The The mayor seems to think that it is. Well, no, just because he thinks it is, doesn't mean that it is. They need something to happen. They need there to be a documented case and then they can justify it. But I'm 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 arguing against this mayor doing that. It's, it's, it's ridiculous that he's fucking saying this shit. Is what I'm saying. If it's but he's, he's he has he he never said that he was going to send cops over there to their opening day. Never mind, man. Just over your head. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, bro. Yeah, I'm loving the comments though in the uh, in the live stream here or the restream. Yes, I mean, I mean, have you have you ever seen that, man? Do you have has anyone stood outside? Of any stores up there in Sacramento area, I know. I know it's happened in my store plenty of times. I'm sure it has. I haven't seen it. I definitely know that they're getting their fair share of it down at uh, in Long Beach at Catalyst yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Anna, but I've been following yeah. along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel so right. much pain for you guys. I really do. Kudos you and Elliot and your team for oh. getting all the time. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the, the trap's always going to live on, and at the end of the day, they have better prices, but it's not always the same the product. The city of Sacramento, we've been very fortunate up here. For the most part, the city council, law enforcement, they're very good allies for the most part to the cannabis. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, Sacramento's actually done an amazing job. I've, I've been watching them throughout the process. I uh, was part of a distro opening there for a minute, too, and they just... They've done a better job than most counties of actually supporting and and bringing folks into the market and listening to them and trying to actually help them to succeed. Is it? I think I the was, anomaly is uh, it's been a year since they opened up the applications and only one person has even started their paperwork. Mm, right, exactly. and I, I would like. I, I think maybe there might be more to that there might be you know hang-ups on the city side that you know the window didn't open in time or something like that i mean we don't know i mean (laughs) there's more to this i think there's Mm -hmm. definitely gonna be more to this and maybe it's probably gonna be about three more shops listen just might be but you know what jason we're at the top we're at the top of the hour so let's fucking close it out all right. Thank you all for tuning in for another episode of High Night News. Catch us on weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific in High Noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to the live audience members and online supporters giving us feedback on the daily headlines of chaos and developing chaos that is the cannabis industry. Our vetted industry correspondent team from all over the globe bringing us variety perspective and adding your expertise to the opinions and conversation. The High at 9 
Noon production team. <laughs> News production team. Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, and Zsa, Zsa Simone holding things down over in Clubhouse. Keeping things usually to a minimum when it comes to AV struggles. But today, you know what I'm saying? Thanks for staying with us. And to the haters out there, y'all know what y'all can do. Get some better internet. And finally, Cannabis Sativa L, the reason that we show up and read these headlines daily. Nothing but love and affection going out to you, Mama Juana. It's Monday, February 27th, 2023. The show is over. You've been blessed with the top industry headlines. We hope it was enough to smoke and put in your put in your pipe and smoke until tomorrow. God damn it. Everything's fucked up today. God damn it, Jason. So you want to take us out, man? Give us a give, give us a give us a positive message to these people with, man. That's right. It's Monday. It's the most important part, most important day of the week. You know why? Because <laughs> it sets the tone for your whole work week. So get out there and kick some ass and take some numbers. Take us out. Burr, 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 burr.